Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavel, and today is January 7th, 2022. Yes, it's 2022, everyone. And welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. I'm joined by Eric Thornton, Commodity Specialist of McKinney Flavel. Hello, Eric. How are you today? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, I was talking to somebody internally, and they were saying their biggest challenge of 2022 is not writing 2021 when they do a date. So they're working <laughs> on that. But, uh, you know, I know it is 2022. And guess what, Eric? It is our 250th episode. Look at that. 250. Yeah, 250. That's that's great. Uh, and uh, we appreciate all the listeners out there and uh, uh, look forward to a, another 250 or 250,000 or, as my son would say, 200. 50 billion K or whatever it is. But uh, thank you for all the listeners out there. And uh, we, we enjoy doing this. Uh, speaking of uh, tough things or resolutions or anything like that in 22, what do you got, Eric? What is your resolution for this year? Yeah, of course, I know everyone in January is, is wanting to get uh, some workout regiments going and set some targets and goals uh, there. So obviously, trying to ramp that up a bit for me personally, but just being a little bit more active. But another thing too, um, you know, I did get married last year. Yeah. And my wife, Sarah, and I, we didn't really do a honeymoon and we both love traveling. So yeah. we definitely uh, want to get out there this year in 22, hopefully when things improve beyond uh obviously omicron that we can go out there and, and see a little bit more of the the world and travel again so yeah that's kind of our our resolution spend more time together and get out there and travel i love it i love it and you know if you decide on japan let me know i can i can uh, go with you and be a translator oh perfect it might be awkward to be on your honeymoon but uh you know i'll do it for you man how about you mike i think i heard some some intense uh bicycle goals for you or cycling goals yeah, you know, I uh, my goal this year is thirty five hundred miles, and I think uh, my buddy and I, who I ride with, he said something like a hundred and fifty or one hundred thirty thousand feet of elevation. So I don't know if I'm going to do that. Wow, that's like uh, four Everests tall in terms I know. of the elevation. Wow, I know, I know, but uh, yeah, we'll see if it can happen. But uh, other than that, I just want to spend more time with the family. You know. You know, spend more time with kids and the wife and uh, just, you know, enjoy our time together. So goes quick. So those sound like great goals. Yeah, thanks. Let's move on to the uh, topic of today's podcast, and that is the pre-WASD. Next week, the WASD comes out. And so I thought we'd give listeners a quick recap. Why don't you uh, start with corn, soybeans, and wheat? Uh, and maybe, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the weather out there. So uh, mm-hmm. if you could uh, give some thoughts on that, how that might impact things moving forward, that'd be great. And I'll uh, end it with sugar. Absolutely. All yours. Yeah. So I'll I'll take it with those, uh, the grains and... And starting quickly with corn, um, you know, I could see overall a, a couple changes here. We've seen that ethanol production is now back to, uh, you know, pre-COVID levels uh, where actually the last 13 weeks we've seen uh, ethanol production quite strong and above the weekly pace needed to hit the current USDA target of 5.25 billion bushels. So definitely some incentive there for USDA to raise that category up on the demand side is, uh, but what could 
uh, negate that increase to ethanol could be a potential decrease to exports where corn exports are still some 7% behind last year in terms of sales and were really dismal last week, albeit the holiday, we had just 10 million bushels sold. So could see that 2.5 billion target maybe massaged a bit lower. You know, all in all, I'd expect those changes to basically net out close to where we are currently for ending stocks at just below 1.5 billion bushels. So I think a net neutral report uh, as it's related to the U.S. balance sheet and globally, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll wait on the globals piece to cover corn and soybeans because that's really where the weather piece is coming in, like you mentioned. Um, but on the U.S. balance sheet for soybeans, again, I don't know if I see a, a ton of revisions here. Um, you know, we'll have to see with, with crush if that number stays at 2.1 uh, billion bushels, potentially a little bit of bump there. But at the same story on exports for soybeans, you know, 2.05 billion uh, where we currently are for for exports on soybeans, that could be quite overstated just again with with sales and uh, being well below the pace needed for now, uh, you know, many months in a row here. And the USDA didn't make any changes in December. So I think there's some pent up changes here. We could see that maybe even fall below 2 billion bushels, which, you know, may improve the ending stock situation a little bit from the current estimate of three uh, 340 million bushels. Quickly on wheat, you know, similar story. I don't see a ton of changes except really for that export category. Way below last year's pace. We're, we're 24% behind on exports there. And this is a category that the USDA has revised lower now for two months in a row. From November to December, we dropped 20 million bushels down to 840 million bushels, I could see that, you know, maybe coming down further because again, we just still have not seen a significant uh, purchasing spree for U.S. wheat here in the marketing year. So that's definitely an area to see some further revision lower and perhaps we see ending stocks bump up above the 600 million bushel level. So still tight, still the tightest we've seen since 2013-14, but maybe a slight improvement there by way of some uh, decrease in exports. Now on the, the global side, and again, this is where the weather's come in, and this has really been the dominating story in the markets, uh, even when folks were out on uh, holiday, is the South American situation appears to be now causing concern in terms of starting to see revisions lower for both the Brazilian soybean crop, as well as some of the early looks in the Argentine corn and soybean crops. So the uh, La Nina conditions have played out uh, dry, specifically in the southern most regions of Brazil, and have really left Argentina pretty much bone dry uh, for the last uh, six weeks. And many of the private estimations and analyst expectations are, again, revising those numbers lower versus what the USDA currently has. So right now for soybeans in Brazil, you know, projecting 144 million metric tons have seen many, many revisions come down, you know, four or five million metric tons from that level. And even some that are down in the mid 130 range. So uh, as low as 133 million metric tons. So some folks are already starting to factor in some of that damage. In, in the southern region of Brazil, you know, 133 million metric tons of true, that would be, you know, a 7% reduction 
I'm not sure the USDA would go that steep right away. You know, they may may come down, you know, two or three million metric tons to try and show trend here to, to say that, yes, the weather has caused some problems and, and issues in South America. And again, in the, the northern regions, even though the rainfall has been good, it's actually been a little bit excessive and even some too, too many days of cloud cover by way of the, the moisture and precipitation. So some of the quality and disease potential in those fields also may limit some of the yield. So I think those two things combined uh, are, are leading people to, to revise that crop lower in Brazil. And down in Argentina as well, some of the crop ratings there for, for corn, even though it's still fairly early in the development cycle, have come down. And again, seeing that the drought uh, is starting to get people concerned. So the current estimate for 21-22 for Argentina at 54.5 million metric tons from the USDA, that, that seems to be you know down near 50 million metric tons at this point. So definitely something to monitor here in the next couple of weeks and the market's certainly paying attention. That's why we're seeing corn prices here, you know, comfortably at six bucks for the last two weeks and soybean prices that have been making a run back towards that $14 per bushel threshold. So, you know, I think the U S balance sheet could see some massaging on exports and demand. Mm -hmm. And really though, the, the focus will be how USDA's uh, viewpoint is for, the South American crops at this point in, in the development cycle. So I think key. all in all, I'll say um, as well, we are expecting the quarterly grain stocks report yep. as well mm-hmm. to come out. And, you know, we've seen that be a pretty big market mover over the last year and a half with some from fairly wide variances and changes. So I think this that'll also be something the market's going to pay attention to in, in terms of how we've been consuming grains here domestically and what stocks look like over the last three months. And, you know, maybe that could be a pretty big driver to, to price reaction post report. But, you know, I, I think even though uh, if we don't see a huge change in stocks versus expectations and we, we kind of hit on some of those export revisions I talked about, um, you know, if USDA doesn't really dramatically lower South American crop production, I think you know the pricing we're seeing today has this has this factored in already, so you know we, we could be in for a wild ride if something is more extreme in one way or the other. Um, but I think a lot of the prices today do factor in some of that crop loss in South America and are factoring in against some of the you know lower exports here in the states. But that's uh, that's what I see on the grains. Okay, for Wazdi next week should should be a highly anticipated report, and we'll also lastly on wheat get the winter wheat seedlings report as well in terms of what was planted last fall. So I'll have some commentary there next Wednesday when the report comes out and look forward to another podcast then. Excellent. Thank you. I'll cover sugar and uh, sugar is probably going to be pretty quiet at this point. And those that are in the market of sugar, it's also pretty quiet from a negotiation standpoint because a lot of it has already been done. And uh, But uh, if you listen to our last podcast, you'll notice that uh, Kevin said that uh, a few things that happened on the December WASD, which is uh, a, a decent WASD for setting the quota for Mexico uh, through the suspension agreement. So they're guaranteed 80%. But what they did, uh, a few things they did, they lowered beginning stocks for 2020, 
are 21, 22, uh, down 26,000 tons. Uh, they also lowered beet uh, by 20,000 tons beet production. And the big one was the cane production. They lowered Louisiana 72,000 72, tons, uh, which was uh, a reflection of some of the issues they had with sugar yields. So as we look at the January report, uh, don't expect too many changes. They may make some minor changes to production, give a little bit back to the cane side and correct some of the decline they gave to Louisiana, Would I, I think would be probably the big uh, the big thing that happens. The other one we should look out for is they are showing an increase in sugar demand year on year. Uh, they could, uh, as we move forward into 22, start reducing that. But January should be relatively quiet uh, from the sugar front on this next WASD. From a market standpoint, again, it's it's pretty quiet. I think the biggest issues, Eric, uh, that you can uh, attest to and, and sympathize with is mainly around supply chain for sugar right now. Oh, yes. You you know, with uh, the Big weather problems. weather issues, uh, COVID issues, with just having people in the plants and drivers and driver shortages, that's that's the big issue that we're we're dealing with now in sugar. Uh, and uh, as many of you know out there, the colloquium is next uh, next month. And you know, typically we would see discussions starting for the next crop year, which would start in October 2022. Uh, negotiations for that, um, but we'll see how that happens. The last couple of years, we've seen uh, negotiations uh, kind of drag into the summer as there's a better understanding of what the beet crop is going to be. So, uh, relatively quiet. The 16s are uh, still trading up in that 26, 27, or not 20. I wish. <laughs> 36, 37. <laughs> Sorry, everyone out there. Um, so that's uh, still pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good values for uh, the 16 at this point. And as long as they stay that high and the world market stays in that, you know, upper teens, we are going to continue to see high tier imports come in. So yeah, so that's that's pretty much what's happening in sugar. And, and Eric, you saw right before Christmas, uh, we put something on the IQ platform uh, that yes. the subscribers saw about the uh, USDA raising the domestic beet and cane sugar allot- allotments, which is uh, two months into a, a crop is uh, uh, pretty early to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was a little bit of, uh, hey, w- wait a minute, Christmas is coming up. What are you doing? Um, you know, and, uh, for those listeners that don't know, uh, the OAQ, the overall allotted quantity that the U S uh, industry is, uh, guaranteed, they're guaranteed 85% of domestic demand. And so by making these adjustments that gets them at, uh, 88.5% of projected food use. So, uh, this is where I could see them, uh, looking again at that domestic demand as we move forward and maybe lowering it a little bit to get, uh, to that targeted 85% of food use. So um, interesting, you know, a surprise a little bit, but uh, nothing uh, too earth shattering or impacting the market at this point. Excellent. So uh, anything else on sugar? No, I think you did a great job. Nice recap. Thank you. Um, so let's uh, go ahead and let people get on with their weekend. And uh, before we let you go, uh, let you go, uh, we have a Cocoa webinar coming up on January 26th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Shortly, you'll be able to register for that webinar on our website at mckinney-fildell.com. Uh, Jeffrey will be giving his insights on what to expect moving forward on the Cocoa market and industry. So uh, please uh, register and we'll look forward to seeing you then. 
as I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family. Don't you dare take it for granted. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. oh, wait, Eric, Alabama or Georgia, the game's on Monday. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Uh, I'm sticking with my prediction. I'm staying with Georgia here. Okay. Go dogs. Go dogs. Dogs all the way. So Georgia fans there, we're rooting for you. Sorry, Alabama. Uh, but it's Georgia's turn. So there you go. Sweet. And uh, everybody, have a great weekend. Until next time, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye now. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.